everybody. Welcome back to the Overrun Podcast. My name is Ed Bowder. I'm Dan Schwester. I'm Jess Mastricola. And today on the show, we are going to talk about whether or not having a college degree, associates, or bachelor's degree is effective or important for paramedics. Um, devotees of the show probably already know our opinions on this, but we're going to take the time and go over some data uh, and how we actually think about it. Uh, as is, everyone on this show, as a disclaimer, is a degree holder. So we uh, Correct. probably have a little bit of bias uh, having this conversation. But it is important yeah. to have, and uh, it's important to progress the profession. So to start, we have uh, two specific papers we're going to talk about as we're referencing this. Um, one is coming out of pre-hospital emergency medicine. The other one is a position statement um, that we're going to read over. So, Dan, what's the first thing that we're going to look at? So this this uh, spouted a lot of controversy on uh, social media. There were people literally jumping into this bench clear like, <laughs> I mean, people were coming from the, people were coming from the locker room on this small was Instagram just, riot. So, <laughs> oh dear lord, um, the International Association of Fire Chiefs um, they put out a position statement that was pretty provocative. Um, they basically said they 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 opposed the current movement to make make a college degree a requirement to graduate from an accredited paramedic program. Um, you know, they they just think that. You know, the existing standard that, you know, an entry level paramedic should graduate from an accredited program. It just shouldn't involve a degree. Um, and they taught they you know, the thing goes back into the background. Some of the first paramedic services in the country began in fire departments. Um, but I'm, I'm just going to I'm just going to stop there because it, it is a, a fire organization that came out with this. But, yeah, you yeah. know, an argument's good when it starts out with back in the old days. I know. Oh, I we used to, to do this. It's perfectly fine. Yeah, um, I, I just want to I want to break this down. Like our, our response, our EMS response was much better in the old hearses or with horse drawn carriages. That's how <laughs> we were making a lot of progress. Then. You know, we used to think that disease was caused by evil spirits. But now we know it's caused by an imbalance of bodily humor. Back in the good old days when we used leeches. Bloodletting and leeches. <laughs> Um, oh you know, there, I, look, some, you know, the fire, the fire service has tried to own paramedicine and to varying degrees of success. I mean, but, and I think for every, every top shelf fire service EMS, uh, department, I think there are some out there, sure. um, Seattle, Miami, I think those are, those are excellent, uh, EMS focused departments. Right. I think there's ones that don't meet the standard, and I think we know that. Right. Well, and also keep in mind, and, and we're going to get more into the paper, but most fire services are actually EMS organizations that happen to have a fire component. Yeah. The va- most the, most right. fire services, the like 80% of their response is, is EMS. Even in a city like New York City, 80% of their response, you know, yeah. I, don't quote a number. Well, I'll look it up and put it in the show. No, it's, it's, it's all ballpark. But it's but a I mean, it's significant not, majority yeah. of the responses that fire units go on in the United States are medical. Right, because, you know, medicine pays. And, well, no, you know. I mean, there's a lot of factors for this. You know, look, building safety's gotten better. Uh, right. Fire suppression's gotten better. Fire prevention has gotten really better. I mean, you can argue that for a lot of the fire departments, they've pushed, they've kind of pushed themselves out of the fire suppression business because they've done a fantastic job with prevention. Right. And that's good. Yeah. But why and don't now, we do that with medicine? Well, yeah. Are you suggesting, Jess, that we implement preventative medicine in this country? How dare you? How dare you? It's a terrible idea. (laughs) So, you know, the the International Association of Fire Chiefs, they talk about, you know, the first paramedic services in the country began at fire departments. Yeah, I I agreed. But remember, there was no place. Nobody knew where to put them. 
Right. Yeah. Like, that's, where do you put them? Well, the, again, there's a it's lot a, of models a back out in the there. good old days thing. Like, uh, we know, used to throw people in the back of our hearses and either take them to the funeral home or the hospital. And things worked just fine then. So, and you know, people died, but they were going to die anyway. You know, where? Why did the fire department take it on? Was because for a lot of reasons, there was no place to put them. Right. Like where mm-hmm. where did you put this? Yeah, um, you know th- they talk about you know that the, the history has been going so well and that you know, um, you know that that the system that currently exists now where you don't need a degree to be a paramedic is just fine. Um, entry le- they talk about this like the rationale is um, entry level paramedics are technicians that work on an ambulance generally. They are not supervisors or management level practitioners. I thought because you know supervisors and man- management level they get out on the truck just all the time. They're usually out on the road. Hey, every look, day. as a supervisory management <laughs> personnel, I get out on the truck far less than I'd really like to. Well, that's the point, though, is that I you know, know, oh, they're they're just the ones that are on the truck are just technicians, so they don't need a degree. The ones that are more likely to have a degree are in the office. So we have. We're deliberately putting people in the room right. with no training. Whatever. They also talk, this is interesting in the in the statement. They say paramedic care is an important part of the public safety network, yet should not and cannot be realistically compared to the other allied health fields or other public safety agencies like law enforcement. So why do you think it belongs in the fire department? Right. <laughs> you just made your argument, right? I, I mean, you're right. It is unique. We are not like paramedics and EMTs are not like any other public safety provider. Sure. Yes, you can be cross trained, but there's a trade off. There's always right. a trade off for cross training. And the vast majority of people who cross train don't don't at me. Is <laughs> I think if you try to be a jack of all trades, you end up frequently becoming a master of none. Sure. Well, but also the argument that they're making is that EMS is uniquely different. And thus needs to be less or should be or can be less. Right. Where I think our argument is, yeah, EMS is different and thus should have greater training or education. Yeah. Right. They also talk about, they, they say some would argue that a college degree makes a better paramedic, yet there is no direct evidence to support that statement. There's no direct evidence that supports the statement that a, that a physician with a bachelor's degree does any better Absolutely. than a physician who went in right after high school. Yeah. There's the, n- mm-hmm. Europe you, you actually the, has that system. You know the highest concentration of uh, undergraduate majors that are accepted into medical schools in the United States? Statistics majors. Really? What? Yeah. Yeah. It's not biology or chemistry. Interesting. Yeah. It's stats. Not, uh, yeah, it's stats. Wow. You do not need like a science undergraduate degree no. to to get into medical school. So. I know. Uh, so a, my, I actually so know a doctor who got a history degree before med school. Yeah, yeah. As long as yeah, you do the coursework and you score yeah. high in the MCAT, they don't mm-hmm. care. You could be a philosophy major. Yeah, doesn't yeah. matter. Right. You don't need that background. But what? As a matter of fact, there are some people now, who I, would argue that that makes you a better physician. No, absolutely. I my you know <laughs> my background. I think my the background that I went through in undergrad like was far more was far longer and more diverse than I wanted it to be. But, you know, I think that there's a lot of classes that teach you how to think, specifically like in philosophy. Mm-hmm. So I think there is a lot of value to that. Now, that being said, you can make the argument that that, to an extent, supports what the fire organization is saying because you may get a bachelor's degree and it's not necessarily in a health field. Right. So if that's a variable we want to consider, that's fine. But I think we're those are probably outliers. I think, generally speaking, if you're going to pursue a bachelor's degree, it would be in paramedic sciences. Probably, yeah. Yeah. So one of the things they also talk about there, the general education classes required for an associate's degree have not been shown to increase medical knowledge or skills in core paramedic training. 
you're right, but it makes you a better, well-rounded student. Right. Here's my question to the IAFC. Does that mean now that you're going to get rid of all the fire science degrees, all the associates level and bachelor fire protection engineering degrees that also require general education requirements because you don't really need that for your core function? Well, of course not, because that would a fire science degree is relevant to their profession. Right. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's the and then they say this is interesting. A degree requirement would restrict the number of paramedics that graduate. Shortage experiences by many fire agencies would be worse. The results would likely force fire departments to drop their level of service from advanced li- fire I'm sorry, fire departments and EMS agencies, meaning fire service EMS agencies, right. to drop their level of service to from advanced life support to basic life support. A change that would not be in the best interests of their communities. So let's let's take that state. Let's take that paragraph apart. That's a that is a lot. First of all, if you're going, oh, to, if you're going to if if, p- if you make me take a de- if you make our paramedics take a degree, they're not going to be able to be paramedics. They're only going to be EMTs. And here's and won't the, that be worse? They're already medics, by the way. In, Correct. In this in this setting, they already are certified. They're just asking them to have a bachelor's degree to come up to it. Jessica's face. Is contorting, so I'm excited. Oh, she to is <laughs> literally, she is, she is literally having a moment because, like, it's the arguments I've heard arguing against getting a degree to become a paramedic are so backwards. Because how do you think nursing started? Well, exa- the and that, first that, nurses didn't have degrees. The first nurses right. were just untrained lower class women who went to hospitals and helped out. And they would give bed baths, and there was yeah. no, literally right. no we've, formal we've talked training. about like the, the, the progression of nursing that where right. you know forty or fifty years ago you were a nurse you were a nurse you you wanted to be a nurse you go you graduated high school you went to your local hospital you got mm-hmm. into the nursing program right, right which was a certificate program yep. and then you graduated from that program. And more likely than not, you went to that hospital, you worked in that hospital, and, and you that's never left. all you did. You that's never right. left. And one of the things that nursing emphasizes a lot is the history of nursing. And frankly, Clara Barton and Florence Nightingale are people that just showed up. Yes. So, you know, there, there's a progression that they, they emphasize a lot. And we also don't talk about the history of EMS as much as we should. No, we and we should actually thing, work on that. But Yeah, and that's a whole other thing. But so, Jess, imagine conceptually now in 2019, someone saying, you know what, nurses don't need a degree. That's that's very scary. Like what? That's scary. Like, like what? How? What would the, the response now is? Because nurses are at the point where you need at least we an are, associates, right? And we're so, so specialized because right. the associates, even the bachelors, the bachelor doesn't specialize you at all. It just adds a kind of like your. It adds the ability to manage other nurses under you. So yeah. essentially, you can become a charge nurse with the bachelors. Mm-hmm. That's essentially what it adds. So the degree gives you the general knowledge, and then you take that general knowledge and go to wherever you end up working and then you take certificate classes to add to that right. degree. Mm-hmm. Well, but that's kind of the point though. At this right. po- at this point nursing has evolved to a point where if we if we floated the suggestion that, you know what, nurses don't need college education. We'd be laughed out of the room. Oh yeah. Like that's it's just evolved to that point. So I I understand then and you know there there's there's arguments to be made for, you know, Crew consolidation and staffing and all that other kind of stuff. But to say that if you make the paramedics pursue a degree when they're already paramedics, it's going to stop them from being paramedics. Like it, that's you've eliminated the point of your argument in your argument. Mm-hmm. 
So I, I, I don't, I, I do not understand. I, I get what they're trying to say. What no, I get, to, I, I, look, get let's, I get to look at what they're, I, I really think what they're trying to get to say is, look, we don't have the budget. We don't have the time to make sure that every one of our people goes and gets a, a degree, even an associate's degree mm-hmm. on our dime because we're going to have to pay them to go because it's going right. to be a requirement for their position. And the union's going to demand, well, if I'm going to college, you're, you're going to pay for it, and that's my work day. Right. And I don't disagree with that. Sure. And they're like, either. but that means, oh, well, I've got to do this. You know, we've got to do this as a department, and this is going to be an impact on our budget, and we're, we don't get enough reimbursement from this anyway. Well, but, but I, and that's way. where, like, I think they're seeing this, and it's like, sure. okay, but, so then why are you in the business? But look at it mm-hmm. this way, though. Isn't isn't that always the first argument? Yeah, whenever always. You, whenever you say, like, we should change something, the it's first thing money. is it's not in the budget. There's no money for it. Yep. Right. And the thing is, there's always the budget money for it. It comes down to will. Right. Like, if you don't, you know, it's just, I don't want to do it. Because the thing is, if you have a program where you're Speaking going to... Speaking from a perspective of people who, I, someone who argues for budgets, mm-hmm. yes, there's always money. It's just they don't want to give that money to you. And right. they don't want to give that money to you. And then the people working who have to go through the schooling in the first place don't want to fork up their own money towards it. Or their right. time. Yeah. Or the time. Because as a nurse, I didn't get paid to go to nursing school before I became a nurse. I had to go and pay for my nursing degree. And then after I had my nursing degree and I started working at a hospital, I had to wait X amount of time before I would start getting reimbursed to continue my education. Right. Right. And even then, they don't fully reimburse. So it does take your own time and your own money. You have to invest your own time and money towards your degree and your education. Right. And I'm willing to do that because I want to. Because right. I want to excel which, in which my is kind career. of the point. If you if you open availability to your staff, to your medics, to your EMTs to actually further their education will everyone do it of course not Mm -hmm. but there's going to be a fair percentage of people who are actually going to take the time to progress themselves and what this what this position statement does is it eliminates that possibility yeah if if you just say if you just throw the kibosh on it from from the get-go saying you know what no money for it no time for it no one's going to do it then then nothing will ever change you're you're closing the door before you're closing the door before you even open the door right in the first place. and this is when at a yeah. if we're taking more like a 10,000 foot view of this this is and we've discussed this before on the show where you know we have a problem with staffing in EMS throughout the country we have a problem with you know correct there's a, there's a huge pay disparity oh, absolutely. we have people who you know are working and throughout whatever throughout the country for a lot of reasons people are working multiple jobs to make ends meet that's not what this is about but you have i anecdotally almost every medic i know at least works overtime or has a second job also mm-hmm. as a medic. Almost every EMT I know has to work at multiple projects to make ends meet. And one of the ways that you you stop that is if you make them degree eligible employees, people with degrees make, make more, more money. money. And even and that's statistically even proven. Go, yeah. Like the oh sure, the, just the just, labor statistics. Just having a bachelor's degree, correct, makes you over the course of your lifetime makes you over a million dollars more than well, you would without a degree. Not only that, but say you got this paramedic degree and then after five years of being a paramedic you say to yourself i really don't enjoy this anymore right you know what it's okay you have a degree in something which means if you were to try to go somewhere else you're that much more eligible to get a job outside of the medical career because you have a degree in general right even look and even look at the people who don't make it into the profession okay there's a lot of there's a lot of people who went to law school who don't practice law. Yep. Oh, sure. There's well, a lot of people with MDs who, who don't, don't practice, practice medicine, medicine. Yeah. but that doesn't mean they don't have something of value. Right. Right. Okay. Well, and to Jess's point, you know, 
uh, we know that the average burnout rate of a medic in the United States is about five, five to six years, years mm-hmm. right? Uh-oh. So I, well, yeah, and that's we and we've discussed that previously. We can probably do a whole episode on it, but you know, you go and you get a degree, and you're facing the career average of five years. Like like Jess was saying, if you're out of here in five years, you can say I have a bachelor's degree in X. Now it might not be directly applicable to what you're doing, but there's as we're saying, there's plenty of people who have law degrees who don't practice law. Like I, anecdotally again, I know people who have degrees in like accounting who do not work in accounting. Correct. Yeah. You know, so it's you don't necessarily have to have a degree in your field to no. to move on to something. Right. But what it does is it gives you a foundation of education that makes you marketable. Right. No, Maybe absolutely. that's what they're afraid of. Probably. So it, you, your, your suggestion <laughs> is they're afraid of, that, of that they'll be more marketable and then... Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Because if you're more marketable, who's going to sit on a street corner for 12 hours and right. go to the bathroom at a gas station and, you know, run 25 jobs in a, in a shift and, you know, be treated like a second class citizen in like in some of the fire departments where... You're not a sworn personnel. You don't right. have the same benefits. You don't have the same. You don't have uh, the same upward mobility. Upward mobility. Yeah. Um, you know, if if that's the case, your people are going to say, "Hey, <laughs> I'm going to bounce." Yeah. Right. And 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 we we talked about this um, in, a, in a, an episode um, a couple weeks ago with Tyler Christofoli about people job hopping, um, especially you know the millennial air quote generation job right. hopping, and you know if you have a degree. There's places they'll be like, hey, listen, your your hourly rate's going to be X, but we'll give you a five thousand dollars sign-on bonus if you have a degree. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I'd leave my job for yeah. a five grand sign-on. Like I'm right. I'm being entirely you know hyperbolic. I don't know of any particular project that's doing that. But oh I know, yeah, I know no, they, I know the hospitals they exist. do it. Yeah, the hosp my hospital I currently work at had um, for someone who had experience, it was a ten thousand dollars sign-on bonus just for showing up. Just for showing up. Like that's that's incredible. If you had that experience that, prior, that that number like actually exists. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it's interesting to see. Like that's a I think that's something that in medicine we we know exists, but again, it, and we've talked about this before too, where we don't fight for ourselves very well at all. No, you know, and in this type of setting, it also gives you a little bit more leveraging power, a little bit more negotiating power. If you come into a project and you're like, "Listen, I feel like I'm worth whatever amount per hour or per year," you know, the next reaction naturally is to be like, "Well, prove it," mm-hmm. and uh, having the background of having you know at least an associate's degree. But certainly a bachelor's degree, I think, gives you a little bit more negotiating power when you're actually trying to figure out what your pay and what your salary is going to be. It does. It does. So, and it, so this is, that's the fire chief's memo. Um, and it's Yeah, I think like it's it. flawed on a lot of levels. I think yeah. it's a short-sighted thing by the IAFC. I think what they're trying to do is trying to protect the fire service. And I, I can respect that. But instead of looking at the fire service as... Look, they don't fight fires that much anymore. But you know what they're there for? Hazard mitigation. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, they're there for all the things that, you know, for rescue, for specialty stuff like hazmat, uh, fire suppression still exists, technical rescue. That's the fire department's world. Sure. It is. That's but, what they're there for. But there are degrees for fire service. There is oh, a absolutely. fire science degree sure. that I think a lot of projects would probably want you to have once you reach a oh, certain when you're, level. Oh, if you're a tier. firefighter, they'll push for you to get yeah. a fire science degree. So and a lot, not, of, depar- and a lot of departments for, compensate you for right. it. Right. So why not push for like a paramedicine degree because for I think, your paramedics and Because you know why? Because I think they're afraid. And there's some departments out there that exist like this where their EMS people are second class citizen. Well, then maybe that's the problem with you and not with your 
not with the education. It's Absolutely. Probably with your department. Right. But if there was mobility and there was a degree and these people could either move to another place where they would make decent money or benefits or whatever, commensurate with their degree, mm. or they could say, hey, you know what? I'm done with this. This just doesn't work for me. I'm going to go in the ad business. I'm going right. to go, mm-hmm. I'm going to go start a podcast. Yeah. I mean, well, and that's, know, and that's that five yeah, year who knows? Yeah. <laughs> who knows when you might start a podcast just for fun. <laughs> Happy 2019. So, and again, and people have listened to the show before they know this. So when we act, when we're confused about something or something doesn't sound right, we refer to the data. So if only... There was some kind of paper that had come out recently if only. that talked about mm. the value of having a degree in pre-hospital medicine. What does the science say? <laughs> and as luck would have it, in October 2018 in pre-hospital emergency care, this is coming from Caffrey et al. This is the Joint Position Statement on Degree Requirements for Paramedics. This is from the National Association of EMS Educators, the National EMS Management Association, and the International Association of Flight and Critical Care Paramedics. So these are th- not one. Wait, there's no fire. Not two. There. There's no fire three, in any of those names. Three what does that mean? EMS hmm. organizations. And I'll... T- I'll, t- I'll give you two guesses on what their opinion is, and the first one doesn't count. Yes and yes. <laughs> now. <laughs> so the general position, and uh, I'll, I'll scroll down here just kind of to the conclusion, and I'm going to read this verbatim from the paper because I think it's important. The position paper says this. The associations in this position statement believe the time is overdue to offer the high-level paramedic practitioners within our field the opportunity to be recognized as degreed medical professionals. While this does not take away from the professionalism of the providers at all levels, it does open up pathways necessary for future generations of paramedics to succeed and excel in an increasingly complex healthcare environment. And frankly, we could just end the show there with the mic drop and just, (laughs) just be done with that. So the whole point of this was this wasn't necessarily in direct response to the fire paper, um, but I'm sure there was an element of that when this came out. So, again, these are no, the, these are the polar opposites. These are yes. these are, you know, like this is I look at this as a field where like there's two armies charging <laughs> each other and one's holding pre-hospital emergency care. And there's a bunch of guy in guys in fire helmets holding up the uh, IAFC. I just see like William Wallace having a speech to a bunch of EMS professionals. <laughs> <laughs> they can take our IVs, but they'll never take our degrees. So. It, it One of the nice things about this paper, too, is that the, the fire paper tends to give just kind of information. Like, we don't really think they need degrees, and off we go. Yeah. This, this again, this is published in an academic paper, so they take the time to go through the background. So they talk about 1978, the National Registry uh, administered the first paramedic level exam, and then we changed the curriculum in 1985. And then as of 2000, uh, June 2018, around 60%... Um, of the accredited paramedic programs offered associates or bachelor's degrees programs to students. Mm-hmm. So aside from saying, now this is, there's uh, 607, as of the, the publication of this paper, accredited programs. 60%, so it's 365 programs, one for each day of the year. Um, nice. Yeah, <laughs> that actually already offer associates or bachelor's degrees. So even without the opinion of these organizations in this paper, this is something that's just happening. Right. It's, it's already occurring, like the tides have already shifted. Um, and again, they, they could have just stopped it there. So, you know, they, they're talking about like how things change. And they obviously they reference Europe a lot because mm-hmm. Europe does this stuff kind of better than we do. But one of the things that they oh. mention oh, is so many ways. <laughs> <laughs> but one of the things that they mention is, and I'm quoting again, literature from the nursing profession has demonstrated that increased educational preparation can lead to improved outcomes. So more education is better outcomes for the patients. And degree programs at colleges and universities frequently receive higher levels of academic resources than workforce development or certificate programs. So when we talk about getting at least getting access to information, access to data. If you go to a college or a university, 
you then have access to their entire library, mm -hmm. which means that you can do things like read data. Mm -hmm. So instead of looking at a textbook that was published 10, 15, 20, or 30 years ago and getting the wrong data, you can say, you know what? The textbook that you have says that, you know, what, like whatever, cardiac arrest data, the textbook says X. Your assignment today is to find out if that's supported in the current literature and why or why not. Right. And I think just having that information can actually change either how the practitioner works or the trajectory of care for a lot of people. Sure. I, I think the interesting part of that was how they, they trace back through the data and said that, you know, in nursing, that there's better outcomes with more higher educated nurses. And that makes sense. Do you want, you know, when, when you go to a doctor, okay, or when you go to a specialist, all people want to know is, my mother knows nothing of medicine. Right. All she wants to well, he went to here and he went to Hopkins and he read and he, you know, he did his residency at Mass General and he's a fellow at this place. And mm -hmm. that means he's a fantastic doctor. Does it? Generally, I think the higher educated, the more education you have as a physician, the probably the better you are. I don't disagree with that. I, just, I think your bedtime, I, I, I mean, we, we can yeah, talk yeah. about intangibles, sure. but more knowledge, more practice, more understanding gives you a better product. I just, well, whenever Why I, wouldn't you want your paramedic who comes to you in the worst situations right. with the least amount of equipment? Yeah. Seriously, if, if no, all no. I have to carry I, in not, is a bag in my brain, yeah, no, don't I'm you not want my brain that at more, the best? I'm not disagreeing that more knowledge or education is better. It, it was It's the the name-dropping thing that gets me. Like, no one no one will ever ask a, a medic, you know, like, did you go to the local sports university or did you go to a community college? You no, know I, mean? like I, know, it's, it's, I know. It's, it's that kind of thing that, that, but, uh, but that you gets know, me. But, but you know that exists. Of course. I just don't know that it's, you know, as valid as it should be. Or, I don't. You know, I, I, I don't. I don't, I, I'm not saying that it's valid. Right. I'm saying that lay people equate more education. Oh yeah, no, with absolutely. Just better saying, doctors. Just saying, I have a degree will change your, you know, the impression that people have of you. Just yeah. All right. All right. Okay. So I, I get what you're saying. So so take away the names. You know, right. whatever. Just yeah. you know, oh, he's done this. He does this. He's been this. He's done thousands of this. He's the best. Right. Yeah. And when we're and we're when our family members sick, we want the best. Right. And I mean, don't be wrong if, you know. So why wouldn't you want your paramedic educated? Yeah. I mean, and don't be wrong. You know, if if Harvard or Yale implement a paramedic program and you get your degree from there, then yeah. Whatever. Oh, Go I'm ahead. So it's there. like, here's my I'm here's my Harvard so paramedic there. science degree. Here's here's my certificate that entitles me to a free cup of coffee in the Somerville yeah. Starbucks. <laughs> so in this position paper, they uh Again, they, they discuss a lot of, about, you know, the need for a degree program. But, you know, the next concern is, all right, so we've decided as an industry that everyone needs a degree, right? That's that's just where we're at. That's I think that's out. where it's going to go. I, right. But so so hypothetically, to continue this conversation, let's say, you know what? Everyone, everyone needs a degree. It's just the world we're living in, right? Right. The next question has to be, how do you implement it? Now, the fire paper is saying, like, it's going to be prohibitively expensive to do it. So right. if it's going to cost money, we can't do it. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. And this model pretty much talks about, you know, this isn't something we have to do today. No. Right. What they want to do is they want re degree requirements established by COAMS and registry by 2025. Right. That is six years from now. Right. You have six years to what is effectively write something down on a piece of paper. Right. Right. And then from there, they're talking about the EMS agenda from tw for 2050. So now, is which we won't implement till right. 2075. <laughs> I'll be dead. Yeah, they'll have, <laughs> It'll they'll be have, fine. They'll have committees on about committees for it. Um, so I mean, this isn't something we have to do today. But one of the, one of the items that they mentioned in the impl implementation section is that employers 
um, and members of the association should lead this effort by immediately adopting a degree required or degree preferred requirements for new hires if they're in a position to do so. Yeah. Now, if you're in a, if you're in an organization that's in a staffing crisis, okay, I, like you know what, I I get it, but that's where you start adding degree preferred, and then right. as an organization, you have to offer opportunities for your employer to go get that degree. Right. Well, that's what nursing did. Right. When yeah. they got when mm-hmm. nursing decided, look, we want to be respected in healthcare, we want to be respected in medicine, we want upward mobility, we want the ability to to be true professionals. They said, okay. Everybody's got to have an associate's degree to be an RN. Right. And well, we're, and, and, and we're going to give you a period of time, five right. years, ten years, whatever. Well, and a part to of get, that, too. To get the degree. Like, the reason that that started was because of the nursing shortage. Right? Cause right. Because initially, it's like, all right, it's like they, they overcorrected, as industry often does, where it's, you know, it was just like, oh, you showed up, you're a nurse, come on down. Right? And people could grandfather in their RNs and whatever else. But then... They're like, you know what? We need people to be more trained, so you need a bachelor's degree. And it turns out that after having that bachelor's degree, they had a nursing shortage. So they wind it back down to the associate's degree. And now they're getting back to the point where, you know what? We, we're still short, but we still want people with bachelor's. But like, the way they adjust for that is institutions will say, you know what? Get your associates. Come on in. And then we'll help you get your bachelor's degree. Because that also is going to lead to retention for employers, right? If you're working, sure. if you're working at a place and they're going to pay for your degree, you're that, it, it makes it harder for you to actually leave that organization, right? Right. Absolutely. So, paramed- paramedicine can do the same thing. Oh, absolutely. And again, when we talk about like staffing crises, you know, we want to try and keep people around. And one of the ways to do it is to either A, pay for education, or if you're in an organization that's making these decisions, you can contract people to work for your organization for, you know, whatever. Give me, you, you went to school for four years on my nickel, then you Give get to stay years. here for four years. Right. Right. And frankly, you would have eight years of employment out of that medic. Right. That and, mo- and most people would jump at that. Yeah, most paramedics mm-hmm. would jump at that, right? Because we don't have money for school. <laughs> um, so yeah, this is it, it's an interesting topic, and it's something that I think um, it's you know we can work a lot better with. Um, and there's a lot of progress we have to make in it. The other I, the other thing that bothers me about the position statement, I'm just jumping on this again. This is you're talking about the the IFC. The IFC. Okay. Yeah. Um, here here's what gets me is like they're like well. If we if we had to do this and we couldn't do it, we just have to be EMTs and and that's not acceptable. Right. You and know, I, I kind of thought that's that's like if I was an EMT, I'd be pretty offended. Yeah. Because like, say, well, like, what do you mean? I'm not good enough. Like That offends me. I started as an EMT. I, I think. Am I stupid because I'm an EMT? Like what? Look, I think I think good EMT level care is probably the majority of what most emergent patients need. Sure. Paramedics shouldn't be going on every call. We should be going at the worst calls, well, the so, calls where we can make the most benefit. And it, well, again, that's or calls that's changing where more and more, or calls where we bring something to bear that the EMT can't do. Right. Well, so the example that always comes down to is like where can where can EMTs make the most difference? And we know it's in cardiac arrest. Mm-hmm. So saying like, oh well, you know, they won't be medics anymore; they'll just be EMTs. Aside from like the way that it's insultingly written, is okay. Well, so your sickest patients will just be better off, mm. right? If you have like an EMT level product because they're doing CPR. But you're not just there for the cardiac arrest patients. You're there for everybody. The medical, and, the complicated know, pa- patients, yeah. Yeah, and if so if you have someone who goes through a degree program and takes a semester of anatomy and physiology and learns how the lungs work, then we might... That if, might be good. So, like if we had, imagine if we right? had a population... What a concept. Right, oh, imagine <laughs> if we had a population that works in healthcare that was trained to know like what the actual vital capacity of the lungs are 
and then we say like, did you know that BVMs are dangerous? By the way, because you can overinflate the lungs. Right. They would go. Yeah. Like we wouldn't have to. Hey, ex- that makes sense. We wouldn't have to explain that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no. like, that would be. What do you mean? I squeeze the bag. It works. Yeah. <laughs> I squeeze the bag and then it works and then sometimes they throw up and I don't get it. Right. Like that's like what. <laughs> <laughs> but that's kind of the point. Is that like ed- education? You just want us to be doctors. <laughs> oh God, that's the amount of times I've heard that argument. Like, oh my God. you're right. You're right. I want to train you for 15 more weeks. That's right. To make you a doctor. That's yeah. that's what I want to do. <laughs> but like that. But that's the thing is that a, you know, the the more you learn, obviously, the less ignorant you become. Because the problem isn't stupidity. The problem is ignorance. Mm-hmm. Right. If you have never heard of you know how the lungs work or how the heart works, it's very difficult to appreciate why you would give a medication. Right. Right. Whereas if you train people for that, then they might actually know why they're giving medication. You might actually understand physiologically why you don't want to give, you know, an extra sublingual nitro at the EMT level. Or you might understand physiologically why push dose press, push dose pressors or push dose nitrates work better than sublinguals. Right. If you, if you just take like yeah. if you're required to take basic physiology. Right. Sure. Instead of having to sit through an in-service, which no one wants to do. Why? Why is a pelvic fracture so dangerous? Right. Yeah. What or, do you mean it's dangerous? Because if you have dangerous? anatomy and physiology, you <laughs> get, oh my God, look at all Wait, those. Wait, you mean that that has one of the largest compartments in the body to carry blood that's bleeding into them? Yeah. It does oh what? Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So to speak. <laughs> like, yeah. And, and these are things like the way that we run our EMT and meta programs is, you know, I know for a lot of EMT classes, that particular topic is mentioned once and then kind of just once, thrown away. Once. And mentioned and is, a, is yeah. a key word because mentioned is very different than teaching. Right. Because I remember we learned. Did you get the, oh, you'll get this on the street? Yeah. And (laughs) here's the thing like, I remember. You'll learn more when you leave the classroom. Thank you. Yeah, I remember. Because they do that in vascular surgery fellowships. Yeah, Yeah, you'll get this in the OR. Don't worry about it. When you get the fragile old woman or the fragile old man who takes Coumadin and then has a fractured pelvis, and your crewmates are wondering why you're using a kid to help bind the pelvis, and you're like, because I don't they're going to bleed yeah. to death. And then they look at you like you're crazy. Like, that's an issue. Right. Well, the ke- the KED is a it's an extrication device, Jess. Well, the KED so is much better at binding pelvises. I'm not so. taking that. I'm not Sheet taking person out of the car. <laughs> Sheet wrap. <So. laughs> Sheet wrap. <laughs> but so again, like, you know, just exposing people to more information, I think, in general, would make people better providers. And that's sort of the crux of this Caffrey paper, where it's like, Hey, it turns out that more education is better, less education is worse. Not just for the providers, it's just it, it's also better for the patients. It's just outcomes and patient safety. Which and again, we've 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 discussed this at length off air, but we're the only healthcare industry or a branch of the healthcare industry that I mean, I guess we all complain about like We're the like only branch ed, that refuses to acknowledge that one plus one equals two. Oh, that's a good I, one. Okay. All right. Like it's that. true. Like, you know, more education, you know you learn more, you have a better understanding, and then they're like, but that won't help. Like, why wouldn't that help? Right. Well, and that's, and, and we're going to talk more about how, like, Con Ed works in a different episode, but it's it's Con because, like, yeah, <laughs> Con, Con Ed. But, you know, like, Con it's, Air, but it's, it's because, like, you know. Not a bad movie. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like, when, when you go into, you know, a, a refresher class, how often is like is the plan like what are we doing for lunch the second you walk through the door uh, you know and so before and, and even before that like and, I'm, and again we, you know I don't want to go off on too much of the tangent here because we're talking about like the importance of formal education where and I, I do think that you're more likely to say like you know what you have a three credit class you have to go through on Mondays and Wednesdays for the next 15 weeks 
right? I think you're more likely to take that seriously as opposed to like, bro, Saturday we're doing our refresher. Uh, the bar opens at 10 a.m., so we're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna hit that bar and come back after lunch. Like, how often have you guys been to classes where that's happened? Yeah, like or classes where it starts at 7 a.m. for some god awful reason, <laughs> and then you wonder why everyone's half asleep for like the first half of the lecture. Right, because some people don't live five minutes away. Like some people live an hour away. Right, and this is what what you know what the, this joint position statement is from uh, Caffrey is talking about is have people go to a center with like with formal education where it's actually you know laid out there's established learning objectives and typically they're accredited which means that there's another supervising body body that oversees how things are taught and how things work right i don't think personally i don't think that's too far of a stretch i don't think it's too much to ask of our medics i don't think it's too much to ask of our emts and i certainly think that now that we have the organizations of ems educators ems management and flight and critical care paramedics saying it's a good idea. I, you know what? I'm 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 on board with that. I also I, I, yeah. I, I mean, why wouldn't that. it be a good idea? Because I if a nurse in the emergency department can do less for an emergent situation than a paramedic, why shouldn't paramedics be getting at least an equal level of education Ooh. to a nurse? Oh, Shots exactly. Fired. <laughs> yeah. No. But but that's that's an <laughs> makes sense. That's like an argument I can't that we put hear. in a chest tube, but a medic can. But right. the medic hasn't taken. An extensive anatomy and physiology class. Right. Well, oh, and, and I can so int- I can intubate. You, you can intubate. Can. You can, I can't. Yeah. Like I don't. That, understand. That's always that's always driven me insane. Well, so, yeah. here, so here's the other thing. That's that is something that as an industry we complain about all the time. Where it's like, oh, I'm a medic. I can do more than a nurse. You all can right. do more uh, emergently. Right. Sure. Sure. For an and hour. F- yeah. For, yeah. Yeah. For, for an, an hour. hour. But so why should you have less education? Than a nurse who can't do any of that for an emergency situation. No, no, exactly. I'm it's agreeing so with strange. you. I'm agreeing with you. If, if we're going to make the oh, argument yeah. as an industry where it's like, you know what, we should be respected the same way that nurses are. Well, then you should, we should do that. get then, the same Then you know what? We should back have the same level of like, education. Like, back it up. There's, there is no nurse in this country that has 16 college credits and is out there rocking an RN or BSN. Yep. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's, there's none. That's not how that there's no, works. There's no 16 credit RN crushing it in the ICU. Yes. It's yeah. not yeah. happening. There's none. So it, as as pr- you know, professionals, if we want to have the respect of right. other people, we have to work for it. And I think that that's also something that we don't do very well. Where it's kind of yeah. like, well, I mean, yeah, I want I want the money and I want the respect, but I don't want to do the But things. I don't want to work for it. Like, yeah. how, like, you know, college is hard, which it is. College sucks. But <laughs> sure, you know, college is hard, but... Isn't it also I don't hard know. to I had fun in college. I of thought it was Of course great. you did. It was different <laughs> in the 70s when you went to college. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> <laughs> no, but okay, so college is hard, but isn't it was taking the 90s. Isn't taking Ooh. care of like an extremely sick patient who like needs immediate intervention hard also? Isn't oh, that absolutely, hard? yeah. But so, that, and th- and that's the counter argument like, where it's like, okay, so college is hard because like, wouldn't and, you t- want to take something I, that makes that easier and better for you and your patient? Like, right. I, and don't and listen. It, it is very difficult for me to be objective in this argument because yeah, I, I'm having I, trouble too. I <laughs> <laughs> like I I did all my full time undergrad stuff during the day while working full time and overtime at night. So like I, I hear like college is hard and like you cry me the biggest river. Mm-hmm. Like I s- the the amount of hours I slept in my car during most semesters is mm. you know not low. College? So wait, college wasn't hard as long as you figured it out. Right, right. Sure. Like I did my when I went back to do my stuff to when I was thinking about going to PA school. Yeah. And did all my prereqs and all the stuff, you know, except Orgo too, but <laughs> not touching it. Um, I found it wasn't bad. It's time it, management. It's, it's time right. management. And it I was. The it's something part, a grown up could handle. Yeah. The, the hardest the, part the, is the people when I was in the class with couldn't handle it. Right. 
And the, the hardest guy who, part the, about college is if you're not a good test taker and right. your college bases everything on taking a my, test. My stats classmate who walked part. in without the pencil and the calculator and then asked the prof to borrow his. <laughs> I was like, oh that boy. was adorable. But Aww. it's not hard. It's, it's doable. Not. Right. Which is, I think, a point we have to make to more people where, you know, so then, because again, here's the reality. Because look, this, you did like, nights in overtime and yeah. you did a pre-med curriculum. Yeah. I didn't sleep a lot. And you still did, <laughs> but you did it. <laughs> right. It's and like like so here's the one of the most influential statements anyone's ever made to me with regarding my educational pathway. Um I, I was going through a time, you know, was working as a medic, I had, you know, done all the flight and critical care stuff and you know, I, I enjoyed it, but you know, wanted something more, blah, blah, blah. And I wasn't sure if I wanted to continue with nursing or to pursue medicine. And a friend of mine who had just finished up her MD had told me like the time's gonna pass anyway. Mm-hmm. And that's that statement has stuck with me so much where it's like, okay, so Given that, like you might, for me, it was like I might as well try and pursue medicine, and that applies to this stuff because if you're going to work as a medic, and you or as an EMT, and you insist on, you know, doing or you know being better or you know outlasting that five year burnout rate, those five to ten to fifteen years are going to happen to you whether you want them to or not. Mm-hmm. So, it, why not take that time to try and be a better provider, and frankly, to try and kind of be a better person too. Because like you might, and it turns out you might find something that you might find that you like something that you weren't even thinking about before you went to school. Yeah. But I think that's assuming that every pre-hospital provider wants to become a better provider. I, I would, I would like to think that every single person who gets into medicine wants to become a better provider, no matter what field of medicine they're in. But I think a lot of people join the field going, well, I didn't know what else to do. And they're not truly passionate about it. Status quo. Right. Yeah, they're just kind of status okay. quo. So they do the bare minimum. They do the bare minimum to make sure that their patients don't die or get hurt or mm-hmm. get sicker. And then they go home at the end of the day and continue on about their lives. So and, uh, that's okay, but I think to get Some those people where we want them, it has to become mandatory to have certain things. Right. And that's kind of what happened with nursing. Like some nurses said, oh, I'm okay with my RN. I don't want my bachelor's. And trust me, if I could just stay an RN and not get a bachelor's, I'd probably do it. But that would be assuming my continuing education added enough to right. make me a safe and so, sufficient provider. So I I want to I want to unpack that a little bit before we we get out of here. So if <coughs> do you think Jess, if we encouraged people to continue their education after they get into the industry, people who just like happened into it. You know, I had whatever fifteen extra weeks. I became an EMT. Do you think if we encouraged additional training, that would increase retention and get more people more interested in medicine or in EMS? I don't know. I think, um, I think maybe having the training be mandatory in the first place is what will weed out the people who aren't willing to continue. Okay. Because in nursing school, I start like let's say I started with a class of one hundred nursing students. By the end of my nursing like degree. We had maybe 50 if we were lucky. Like it, right. it, The retention, I feel like, happens when you're in school and you start realizing what it actually means to be a nurse. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it would be the same way with paramedicine. You would go to whatever classes you have to take and you would start realizing, oh, this is a lot more than I was expecting. Mm-hmm. And this is a lot more than I'm willing to devote my life to. And the people that get weeded out don't really need to be weeded out in the long run. Right. So I, I'll, I'll ask a different question then. For, for you personally... How much of you becoming a nurse is tied into you having worked as an EMT? A lot of it. 
So that, that and, and that's kind of what mm-hmm. I guess that was more where my point was because like the entire reason I'm on my trajectory was because I yeah. decided to go to EMT school. Yeah. So I I I also think that there's a cross section that we we miss because it's 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 impossible to get this data set because you don't know how people are going to evolve in their education. But I do think it would be interesting to see if you implement this project, you know, like you have to continue your education. Wh- how many more people would A, stay in the industry of EMS or paramedicine or move on to something else because they found out that they actually really enjoy it? I would like to think a lot. I would like. I think, to think EMT inspired me to, yeah. to go further and sure. to learn it, more. I was sure. fascinated. I yeah. thought it was great. Yeah. I went from being an engineering major to joining a volunteer EMS company and going, wow, this is way more interesting to me than my engineering degree right so i would like to think that um it would inspire a lot of people to continue whether it's into emergency medicine pre-hospital or in hospital or even if it's you know becoming an educator Mm -hmm. for medicine like i think it would i would like to think that i think it's overall a positive i I can't see anybody being against it and i don't know why they are well, so that's, I, I think that's where we're going to kind of wrap it up because I, I do want to hear, we all want to hear from people like, why would you think that people don't want to progress their education if there's an argument out there to, I guess, keep the education reduced to certificates programs and not associates or bachelor's programs? Let us hear it. I, like, I'm actually, I'm genuinely he- interested to hear what the counter argument is. Yeah, me too. Um, because I, the, the idea that we can't conceptualize what it is doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. Right. Right. So it's absence of evidence. Absence of evidence is not evidence of absence. absence. Right. Um, So yeah, so that's going to be a T-shirt too. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we're also all coming from places that are a little biased. I mean, the the entire a lot of us has some sort of degree in some form. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's 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 impossible for us us to avoid our bias because I can't imagine what it felt like ten years ago when I first started EMS. I can't remember what it felt like in my brain to not have a medicine degree. Right. And I feel like as I continued my career, I wanted to learn more. So I don't know if that's just an individualized thing or if people in medicine tend to want to continue to learn. Yeah. And maybe we just don't have access well, as see. EMS providers. Yeah. So we're interested, to hear, right? we're interested to hear what you guys think. Yeah. Um, make sure you check us out. We're on all the social medias, Facebook and Instagram at Overrun Productions, at Twitter all at of Over, all of them. We're on Twitter at Overrun EMS. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You can ask Alexa to play the Overrun and she will she will play the Overrun for you as well. We also have merchandise available at uh, OverrunProductions.com. So check that out. And for the Overrun. Get a do better shirt. Get a do better shirt. <laughs> Tell all your friends Baby how to do onesies. better. We have onesies too oh for man. for the children. All the oh, yeah. we don't have all adult the, onesies though. Sorry. All the Send little, us a picture of uh, overrun rats. All the little overrunners larva. out there. See now I need to have a <laughs> overrun little child larvae. so I can dress them in the do better onesies. Oh, nice. we should pro- we should probably get things for the dogs too. Yes, uh, make, we can make little shirts or capes for the dogs. Oh, a little ki- little bandana. Little, oh, we bandana. Can do that. Overrun bandanas for, yeah. for, for, for doges. Just for the dogs though. We don't make people bandanas. No. <laughs> All right. All right, for the overrun, I'm Ed Bowder. I'm Dan Schwester. I'm Jess Master Cole. We'll talk to you next time.